0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Co2 Rundown. I'm your host Chad Owens. Happy Monday! Whew! It was an amazing weekend. Eddie, Big Wave Invitational was wild. We're gonna talk about that uh, here in a minute. But just want to thank you all for joining me here today. I want to say mahalo to Long Drugs for all of the support of the show. Let's continue to support local and making Long Drugs a part of our days. Let's dive on in to the CO2 Rundown. In just its 10th event out of its 39-year existence, the Eddie Big Wave Invitational was ran over the weekend, Sunday, and let me tell you, it was massive. All the best big wave surfers were out there, Uh, but only one was crowned king of the day, and this is the first lifeguard Right, active lifeguard that has won the event. And it makes sense because Eddie Iacau himself was the first lifeguard at Waimea Bay. And so local lifeguard, Waimea Bay, Sunset, Luke Shepardson took home the crown. He had the best wave of the day, and it was captured. And when I look at this wave, it just sort of looks so iconic, like the picture-perfect wave. And as you're watching it, in slow motion, when the wave's breaking, you look and it's just like, is that Eddie Aikau? Ooh, chicken skin. So I think it was just very fitting uh, that, that Luke won. This guy surfed during his vacation time. You know, lifeguards are out there, right? He was working in between uh, his heats. So if that's not deserving of this crown, someone who really embodies the Eddie Aikau way. Uh, you know, so with that, congratulations, Brother Luke. And, you know, it was a stacked lineup, but it, t- this event, it's not about who wins. It's, it's what it does, right? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of members of the community, tourists, everyone gathered to witness, again, the 10th event out of the 39-year existence because it needed the standard. The waves needed to be 20-plus feet, and it did not disappoint. Right, 50 foot faces, right, 25 feet in the back, Hawaiian style. And it was, it was just a beautiful day. And that's what this event is about, right? You had guys like, um, you know, John, John Florence, two time champ, world champ, taking second. Uh, Healy took third. Billy Kemper was in fourth. Kyle in fifth. Zeke Lau came in sixth. And there's so many more on the list. Uh, you know, McCool Rothman who injured himself at the backdoor shootout, was out there, despite having a knee injury. And all the women that were out there being able to participate in this for the first time. So this was a, a huge event and one of the biggest surf events in history. You know, And so with that, uh, please take a deeper dive uh, in today's article on Honolulu Advertiser talking about the Eddie and um, who knows when the next one's going to be. All right, last one is in 2016. Here we are in 2023. We're just going to have to wait. Congratulations again to Brother Luke. We're going to stay right here with the Eddie Big Wave Invitational. Now, the surfers weren't the only ones right, that were there. You're talking about photographers. Hawaiian Water Safety Patrol jet skiers out there. And I talked about the thousands in attendance. And... Krista Funk, photographer, was up at 4 a.m. Sunday morning, made the trek from Kahuku to get there, uh, and by 7.45, Hawaiian Water Patrol took her out in the jet ski and dropped her right there in the heat of the battle. Now, it's, again, I will never be in that situation, but I can only imagine it's pretty scary. I know, I know, I know water photographers. I've been on a pipeline. I've got some clips, and it's it's awesome. But to get the shot, they put themselves in some pretty dangerous situations, some dangerous spots, and you know, that's I guess comes with the territory. Um, so I got a shout out, Krista Funk, and any other photographers that were out there, um, for putting it on the line. And, and, and I guess having that faith and believing you know, and doing that for for the event, you know, for the Eri Aikau, the Aikau Ohana, so everyone that was involved is is um, should be proud, right, and should be thanked because it it takes everyone to make this a successful event, um, to make it a memorable event, without. You know, and, and the, with the drones and the footage that we were able to capture now, it just elevates um, the beauty of these waves. It highlights the surfers that much more. And years from now, when we get to look back on history, the quality of what we're able to see is because of, you know, photographers like Krista, right? and the videographers that are able to be out there, you know, people are, that, that are controlling their drones. Uh, and at the end of the day, Everyone made it out safely, right? Thanks to the Hawaiian Water Patrol, Safety Patrol. Those guys put their life on the line to save someone else. So huge mahalo to you all. Uh, but I don't know if you guys saw, but these waves, and I talked about it, you know, last week on Friday. I said, hey, if you're a spectator, stay back. Waves came all the way up, and I don't know if you guys seen the clip, but it literally washed it looked like a group of hundreds, maybe thousands of people, right, that were, thought they were in a safe zone. It literally washed them out and sucked them in. You know, people were chasing after, trying to save their dogs. And thankfully, like, no, one was, no one was hurt, right? There was even a, a baby that got swept under a house. So, you know, with that being said, I'm just thankful that, that everyone made it out okay, uh, you know, surfers included. So, with that, you know, take a deeper dive into this article and once again, congratulations to Brother Luke and congratulations to everyone that made the Eddie Aikau big wave invitational um, a huge, historic, successful event. Sarif Golson has an article in today's Honolulu advertiser highlighting Tua Tonga Vailoa. Uh, he feels that he ho- uh, he hopes that Tua considers retirement. Now I can see why. And I can see why probably many others would would hope that Tua would at least think about it or look at it. Um, you know, here's my take on it. The Dolphins already said, hey, next year, moving forward, Tua is our starting quarterback. There's no arguing that. The team is better with him at quarterback. Now, what they're gonna do this offseason, what Tua needs to do, and you know, with the doctors and everyone, his health, his longevity, that's gonna be the main concern. right? That is going to be his off-season protocol. That is going to be top of the checklist. Because without that, hey, you can't go and start off-season training. You're not going to start preparing. So they're going to go and, and find all that out, see the doctors, and once they come to the conclusion that either, hey, you're going to fully recover, you're going to be fine, uh, you can start your off-season training at this time, then they're gonna move forward with that, but in my opinion, um, you know, I don't. I think Tua just needs to listen to the doctors. Number one, right? Take the advice that he's given, and then you can make a decision. So as far as contemplating retiring, uh, I don't think that's gonna happen just yet. We're gonna see what the doctors say uh, before going down that path, because you know, mentally as as a player, and I know the type of player Tua is. You know, he's already focused on next season. He's focused on building upon the amazing season that he had in 2022. So with that, uh, we're going to keep you guys updated on Tua's status and, and you know, what, what transpires. But I'm praying that Tua Tonga-Vailoa will be hitting the offseason. He's going to be hitting the OTAs. He's going to be hitting training camp next year and preparing to be even better than he was this season. Whew, now let's talk about these NFL playoffs over the weekend. Whew. Boy, I'm going to tell you this right now. Joe Ku, Joe Burrow, and them Bengals look good. Right now, they look like they're about to win the Super Bowl. You know, they they, they went into Buffalo, in the snow, and turned it into a home game. right? They beat the Bills 27-10. Um, pretty convincingly. You know, the Bills are a team that there ain't no pushover. Already got Josh Allen. They got Stephon Diggs, who didn't get the ball as much as I know he would have liked. Um, but nonetheless, the Cincinnati Bengals made the Bills look average. Joe Burrow is that dude. Jamar Chase, Mixon. They, the way they're able to run the ball uh, and establish the run game early, the way that Joe Burrow was able to throw the ball in the snow, and the way that defense played was was lights out. was lights out. They're headed to the AFC championship game. they're going to take on the Chiefs you know at Arrowhead, where Patrick Mahomes has reported he's got a high ankle sprain. A high ankle sprain is not your typical ankle sprain, right this is this is a part of the your ankle where the bones. Without getting into to, 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 to big detail, it's not a fun injury. Most people wouldn't be able to play on it, especially a week later. Patrick Mahomes said he's playing. So he is not going to be 100%. And they didn't look that good this past weekend. Uh, although they got the dub, uh, I don't know, even being at home. Arrowhead's tough, but I don't know if they're gonna. it's going to be enough uh, for this Bengals, man. These guys are on a mission, so I cannot wait to, to check out the AFC Championship. And on the other side, the NFC semifinals between the 49ers and America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this was a game where everyone thought Dak Prescott was going to finally get it done. Based on how he performed against Tampa, that wasn't the case. Uh, unfortunately, you know, and, and I don't like that the quarterback gets scrutinized, gets criticized um, the most. It comes at the territory, but it's a team game. It is a team game, right? CeeDee Lamb was doing his thing. Unfortunately, running back Pollard got injured, broke his, uh, his ankle. You know, they, in my opinion, I, I still feel as if the Dallas Cowboys are missing a few pieces. I mean, com- compared to the 49ers, who has every piece that you need, you know, to win every single game, the Dallas Cowboys are still missing something. So I don't think, although Dak Prescott took the blame, and although, yeah, he does need to play better, he can't turn the ball over the way he did in those crucial situations. But it, we can't put it all on Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones, the Cowboys, they've got to add more pieces, right? They've got to maybe add a few more. Their D-line is, is phenomenal. They were getting pressure on Brock Purdy uh, for majority of the game, forcing him to do some things. Uh, but I feel like the Dallas Cowboys need to add more. Maybe, maybe another running back, one more receiver, maybe a game-changing tight end. Because I'm going to tell you, this tight end at the end, he was getting lazy. That last drive, a couple of drives, he, 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 I don't know if you guys saw, but when he caught the ball and he didn't turn up field, right, he got out of bounds, but he was going the opposite way as opposed to going up field. They, they, they kept the clock running. Mistake one. Very next play, he completes like a 10-yard out to him, very lazily catches the ball, but doesn't get both feet in bounds you got to stay sharp in those moments. So they might be looking at getting a, a higher quality tight end. Who knows? But Dak needs more, uh, more weapons. It needs more around them. I do sound like a Dallas Cowboys fan right now, but I'm, I'm not. I know there are a bunch of you out there, but I feel that's what they need. Okay, the 49ers, the team that I picked to win the Super Bowl. You know, the Dallas Cowboys did a great job stopping the run. Right? They held McCaffrey, I believe, to over, like, under 100 yards. Uh, And that's tough to do, right? McCaffrey's that dude. But they got Debo Samuel. They got Ayuk. They got Kittle, who went off and probably made the the most uh, momentum-changing play down the stretch with that tip drill to himself. That's what got them in position to win the game. And Brock Purdy has just been lights out. Probably didn't have his best game, but in those moments where they needed him, made those throws, made those plays like a veteran. But they're going into Philly to take on the, the cool, common collective, Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, in Philly, that is going to be a tough game. That's going to be a tough matchup. Um, but regardless, this is setting up to be an amazing Super Bowl, in my opinion. Bengals, Chiefs, I got the Bengals coming outside on the AFC. The NFC, I got I to go with the Niners. I feel like my son... Right? I feel like everyone around me is a Niners fan. And I told him, I said, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, all right, I'll convert. I'll become a Niners fan. So I'm sort of pulling for the Niners. But regardless, I don't know, man. These Bengals are looking really good. We're just going to have to see. Time will tell. We'll see you guys. Uh, you know, I'll talk more about this after next week's game. I can't wait. This is going to be a big one. And that is it for today's show. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in with me on this beautiful Monday afternoon. A lot of football, a lot of talk, but I know you guys are still riding that wave from over the weekend, the big Eddie. Congrats again to Brother Luke and and all the competitors, everyone that was involved. What an amazing, amazing weekend. And I want to uh, ensure that you guys are off to an amazing, amazing start this week. Like I say, hey, Keep your foot on the gas. It's about how you start to set up that momentum for a winning week. I'm going to see you guys come Wednesday. Aloha.